Hello and welcome to another F1 Grass uh, Fantasy podcast. Um, with me again, Daniel. Um, RIP Jamie, he's got a baby now, so he's not got time for us anymore. Um, and, but we've found a good replacement, actually. So we've got Matt with us. Matt, welcome to the show. I'll let you introduce yourself and your podcast rather than me trying to describe it. Um, oh. But Matt is taking over the world of TikTok for getting a lot of hate out here. So on you go, Matt. <laughs> yeah, well, like you said, my name's Matt. Uh, we run a, a podcast called Off Circuit, uh, me and, uh, and Ryan. Um, yeah, and I'm the most hated man on TikTok. I have the worst takes of anyone that you've ever heard uh, when it comes to Formula One. And I know fuck all about Formula One. Um, <laughs> So he, yeah, he, no, I, perfectly here then. You've been uh, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, who uh, knows anything about <laughs> No, so uh, honestly, thanks so much for having me, lads. Reaching out, I'm always up for having a bit of uh, you know a bit of an argument and a bit of a wrestle about uh, yeah, some exactly. controversial topics. So yeah, so today's gonna be a fun one. So we're gonna just discuss quickly just what's happened season so far. So last one, I think we did Daniel. We got to just before Spain, so we've got a lot of we've got a lot of races backlogged. To talk about the good old days when Hamilton was leading the championship. Yeah. How long ago that seems. Um, and then we've got a really fun ranking section at the end. So we're going to rank the drivers from worst to best in a draft order based off if they all had equal cars. So um, this could be really interesting because I think we all might have varying opinions on this one. Um, but to just kick stuff off, uh, I'm going to chuck, Matt, I'm going to chuck you right into the deep end straight away. Come on. We're gonna we're gonna do a Netflix style again. We're gonna start from the top, the top two, Mercedes Red Bull. Um, we're going all the way back to Spain, as Daniel said. Lewis is in the championship. Normal service is resumed. Lewis wins in Spain. Does a hungry again on Max. Max is in tears. Red Bull are crying. And and we're five races later, and it's all kind of turned around. What's what's happened? What have you made of the Mercedes Red Bull battle and the development and just Max versus Lewis? If I can start by saying, first and foremost, because I think TikTok have got maybe the wrong idea. I am a huge Lewis Hamilton fan, right? I'm sorry to say it maybe to you. Uh, Jazz, are you the Hamilton fan? Are you the Hamilton hater in this group? Uh, I'm, I was a Hamilton fan until 2011, and then I went on the Hamilton hate hype because he turned into a bit of a bell end. So. There you go. Sure. So there's always one in the Daniel in every group. And that's what I find anyway. You know, there's, there's always got to be a Hamilton hater. Uh, I'm not that guy, generally. Um, however... My favorite Formula One season of the past 20 years that I've ever watched was the 2016 season where Hamilton and Rosberg, they're at the absolute peak of their rivalry. They fucking hate each other at this point, although they'd grown up as friends. And Rosberg ends up winning that championship. And even though as a Hamilton fan, that was hard to take, I just think that the rivalry and what was going on on track, off track, and you know everything in between was exciting. So my take to answer your question on what's happened since Spain is we finally got a little bit of that fire back in the sport that we're all here loving, listening to, talking about. Max versus Lewis has become a fucking awesome rivalry. I still think it's got a way to go until it's as ferocious as it was with Rosberg. You know, they're not quite throwing shit at each other uh, in the green room after races. But um, it's great to see both Red Bull getting their shit together behind the scenes and Max having that maturity to be able to manage out races and pushing Lewis all the way. I think as a sport, we've got a lot to be excited about with uh, with how Max has pulled this back and taken the lead in the championship. Yeah, I mean, Daniel, I'll go to you. Uh, you got, we'll talk about the, the number two drivers in a bit because well, they've got a big role to play in this battle all year. Um, but the, the guys at the front, I mean, I asked you this question before Spain and I said, 
is this the first time we're seeing a little bit of like since 20, more than 16, I, I don't know how long it's been since I've seen Lewis basically in a battle, like in an actual battle, maybe 2013 was the last time or 12. Um, and he's making a wee, just a wee mistake in there, you know, it's a cheeky mistake. We had a little, we had a little going wide in Emma. Then we had, we had a little magic button, you want to call it as Collie, just, you know, bottled it. That's why I like He fucked it. it. He fucked it, yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I think the second one, maybe you can say whatever, unfortunately. The first one, just a driver error. In Bahrain as well, he locked up, went wide, luckily stayed ahead of Max. Um, I asked you the question I asked you in the last episode, and you're like, oh, no, Lewis is fine. He's chill. Is this the Max factor? <laughs> You know, I actually, as strange as it sounds, I think this season has been really good for Lewis's reputation. Because, you know, if you look back over 2018 and 2019, they had by far the fastest car. And, you know, you can make the case that anybody could jump into Mercedes and win. And in fact, you saw George Russell very nearly jumping into Mercedes and winning last year. And this season, you know, it's clear that the Mercedes isn't the fastest car. Um arguably today they weren't even the second fastest car uh at least it's not uh lando's mclaren anyway and watching the way that lewis has just consistently beaten bottas this season i think is really going to do wonders for his reputation because it's showing that it isn't just about the car uh the fact that him and max are still by and large first and second in every single race consistently is really making him stand out more as a driver Maybe this is just the Hamilton fanboy in me speaking out here. I was going to say, I was going to say, do you not think he's a bit lucky to even be only 18 behind? Like, Max's tire goes in Baku. That's 10 points yeah. gap he would have got ahead of Lewis. That he didn't. If, if that hadn't happened, Lewis finishes third, Max finishes first, has 10 more points. Um, you go back to Imola, uh, he gets a red flag when he needs it. That's another 10, 12 points. I mean, he could be yeah. 38 behind at this point, and then you wouldn't be saying... You know, he... He do, he doesn't hit that button in Baku. He takes the legion to turn one. He's currently leading championship. Uh, well, I know, but that but that's, is, is fine that's margins. After, I mean, that's after Max's luck, unluckiness, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So what I'm trying to say is, he's. I think he's lucky to only be 18 ahead just now. Because I think if I can jump in, I think it's really hard in a sport, particularly like Formula One, for us to almost take look out of the equation right and say yeah. ah, but if it wasn't for this bit of luck then yeah. max would be way ahead or lewis with this lewis with that it you kind of the great drivers have to do what they do with the hand that they're dealt and that's why lewis is the goat you know that's why he's greatest of all time he's been <laughs> up against great cars great teammates great everything but there's a reason why uh, i don't believe that this mercedes car controversial is um Far has been uh, as great a car as that Ferrari car that Schumacher was driving. That Ferrari was fucking wildly better than every other car on the track. Yeah, I've got the stats on this one because I've had this argument. And everybody else who's then saying, because uh, really you can only argue based on championships, you can only argue Schumacher or Lewis. And anybody who's going to come out and say Lewis had nothing on Schumacher. There's no way that you can say that that Ferrari was not leagues above every other car that it was competing against. The McLaren in second place for a lot of those years was nothing to what the Red Bull has been this year and, and maybe last year. So I think looks a difficult thing to argue if you're going to go down. No, 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 no. I'm just saying I'm just saying in general, just I think the fact that you, Daniel's point of like he's he's only 18 behind and stuff. And I think a bit of luck is why he's only 18 behind. I think yeah. Red Bull have the better package now. I don't think they've had it all year. I think Mercedes, 
especially in France, they were the faster car in France. They screwed up on strategy. In Spain, they were the faster car, and they like Lewis just did what he did again in Hungary. He just came all the way back and overtook Max, sitting up. Um, yeah. But since Monaco, Baku in Austria, it's been Red Bull have been faster. And like, yeah, it's, it's, I tell, yeah. I, I tell you what, Toto says they've stopped developing the car and they're focusing on next year. I do not believe that for a second. I don't believe that one day. I do not believe that Mercedes are going to come back uh, to Spa after the summer break and they're going to find an extra half a second somewhere. It's completely no chance. At all. Um, the, the competitor in Lewis and Mercedes, they want to dominate the Sierra. They wanted to have. Yeah. Have eight titles, they want to have eight world titles, <laughs> and they're not going to stop developing for 2022 just because they they want this. Um, I completely agree. I think it's going to be an interesting finish. I think it's, I mean, we're rankings come there, but I think these are the two best drivers in the grid. If the cars are not nearly as close within a tenth of each other, I want to see these guys go at each other like they have for the first. Well, since uh, Austria was the first race, which I actually didn't enjoy because Max just flew into the distance. Like I, every other race, there's always been one chase and the other. It's been a tenth. Yeah. There's been a second in it, four seconds in it, whatever. There's always been on the edge of your seat. And then Austria, I was kind of like, ah, oh. Like, I want someone else to win the championship. Don't get me wrong. But I want him to earn it. I don't want him to just sail off in the distance and win it. Um, but that was my take. So let's quickly move on to the second driver. So I think this is the most important part of this whole thing. Because the top two guys, we know their quality. We know they're neck and neck. Whatever side of the fence you lie on, Lewis is better, Max is better, whatever. But they are close. The second drivers, I think, are so important in this little battle for the constructors. Sergio started off slow. Bottas was Bottas, and but Checo has just turned up recently. He's he's kind of getting the he's getting the Red Bull in play, which they've not had for the past two years. And you saw that in at the last race, um, sorry, at Paul Ricard, you saw that because Mercedes couldn't do what they wanted to do, what they always do, where in Paul Ricard in Austria, where they can just pit Lewis. And then come at him and Red Bull have nothing because only one versus two and they can't react. But in Austria last week, Mercedes can do that. They have to go through Checo. Like you have to get through a Red Bull to get to Max. So they have to just basically do whatever Max did. Like they, they were in a really bad situation. Um, what did you guys make of that, Daniel, first? Like what did you make of this Checo-Bottas battle? Bottas has been unlucky again. I know we talk about luck, but I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not on Lewis's level, but he's also had horrible luck for that. I think we're gonna get we're gonna get onto Bottas as a person during the rankings, and then I'll have a bit <laughs> more to say. Um, what I will say is that you know Perez has been the second driver that Red Bull needs, and he's doing everything that they want him to do. He's not fast enough or disruptive enough to be you know upsetting Max or getting in the way, apart from maybe qualifying in Portimao where he's stuck it ahead of Max. Um, but yeah, like you said, like he's 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 got that presence. He's stopping the Mercedes from ganging up on Max two on one, which is what they did consistently throughout last uh, last year. And Perez is there to pick up the pieces when it falls apart. I mean, Max's tire goes in Baku. Perez is there to pick up the win. Um, he yeah, he, he took a few races to get into it, but as he said, I think especially. Actually, for the constructors' title, this is probably the most, definitely the most exciting battle we've had since twenty twelve, twenty ten. Yeah, it's an exciting one to watch. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Matt, what do you, what do you make of this battle? Who do you think is going to, just the Paris Bottas, not Mercedes Red Bull, but Paris Bottas, who do you see winning that little battle in there? Bottas has got no bollocks whatsoever. I think he is beyond shit. I think he's been beyond shit for a long time. I was a big fan of his at Williams. Him and Massa together, it was like, holy fuck, Williams have come out of nowhere and we're finishing third, fourth in the championship. Like, what's going on here? So when Mercedes then go, Rosberg's retiring and Bottas is coming in, I think a lot of us were thinking, maybe like we are now about a link with a Russell or somebody else, we're going, wow, well, if he's doing this in a Williams, this is going to be awesome for Mercedes. And I think he's been fucking shit for a long time. This isn't even about this year and, and some, you know, maybe he's missed out a little bit. That Mercedes, up until this year, has been head and shoulders above every other car on the grid. Oh, yeah. Ferrari challenged for a, a little bit, 2017, 2018, but then it kind of came away after Silverstone, you know, once we'd reached halfway through the season. Red Bull have then mounted a little bit of a challenge in previous, uh, sorry, in the previous year um, to this season. Um, and Bottas isn't consistently finishing second in that car. If he isn't second in the championship in that car, nobody can sit around and say, no, hang on a minute. He's amazing. You've got to keep (laughs) backing him. I just think absolutely under no circumstance is he doing the job he needs to do. And my co-presenter, Ryan, is a big, big Bottas fan, the biggest Bottas fan you'll ever meet. And his main thing for that is he's saying, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he still is. I'm starting to chip him, uh, chip away at him a little bit. Because his main thing that he likes him for is, you've seen the movie uh, Talladega Nights, right? Mm-hmm. The Will Ferrell film, yeah? And there's this whole idea of, like, shake and bake, you know? It's this idea that Cal Norton Jr. is going to help, you know, get Will Ferrell's character the win all the time. It's this idea that Bottas ultimately plays this sacrificial lamb role in every single race, in making sure that Lewis can get up there and win races. And I kind of look at that and go, no, no, Lewis is winning races because he's fucking Lewis Hamilton. He's unbelievable. Bottas in a great car, so he's up there. This year, he hasn't been up there. And I think as much as I like to believe that Lewis still might come through and win his eighth championship, I think Red Bull are going to walk away with the constructors this year. I think they are definitely got the, the best stake in the ground for that because Checo Perez last year in that shitty car finished fourth place in the championship and was out of a seat. And we'll get onto the strolls later on because them motherfuckers yeah. <laughs> I got issue with. Um, <laughs> But the fact that Stroll, uh, no, not Stroll, but the fact that Perez gets dropped uh, in the midst of all that at the end of last year, having finished fourth in the championship, I go massive round of applause to Red Bull. That's some good thinking. And he's now starting to deliver. It took a few races to get going. But I mean, what he did in Baku to deliver the team the win and what he's done today, even in qualifying, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about today. I don't know how quick you edit these things, but what he's done today to put it in third place ahead of both Mercedes. I just think, you know what? That's what a number two tri- driver is supposed to do. That's all they wanted, right? That's all they, uh, Red Bull, as you said, like I think, Daniel, we talked about last year, is like Abo and Gasly for them, you can finish fifth or tenth, they don't care. They want you to be fourth. They want you to be at minimum fourth. And right. Checo will do that. He'll, he'll, he's, never, he's not going to challenge Max, let's be real, he's not. But he'll be there, he'll be second, he'll be third. He'll, he'll cause Mercedes headaches with strategy because they'll have to go through him. He's not the easiest guy to totally. pass good on his tires they can do what, what he is what he is is exactly what danny rick would never be 
from a yeah. from an attitude point of view, Danny yeah. Rick was there to be the number one guy at Red Bull. I think we probably all mutually could get together. This is one thing in Formula One we agree on. We all love Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. But he was not going to let some 18, 19 year old teenager come through and be the superstar at the team he'd put all the groundwork in at for years. But that is what Red Bull needed. They needed Danny Rick and Max Verstappen to be able to challenge Mercedes. And I think they finally got around to that with Perez. Couldn't couldn't praise Perez enough. Couldn't diss Bottas enough. Bottas is Alboning all over the place, if we're allowed to <laughs> use that as an adjective. Yeah, love it, love it. That's I, think, I think that's, that's a wee bit harsh, because I don't remember seeing Albon spinning in the pit lane. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Bottas, I've got to say, I've seen... I don't think I think Latifi would, would would put in a better performance in Imola, and in no no that Imola performance from Bottas. Russell helped him out by slashing well that crash helped Bottas's image because he Correct. was about to get passed by a Williams on true pace in a Mercedes like that is yeah, so yeah. I mean a, a, a DNF is less embarrassing than a. 11th place when you're a Mercedes driver, I think. Exactly. And we, we actually said something similar when it happened. I turned straight to Ryan and said, well, at least that saved this fucking day. At least he's got somebody else to blame. But I feel yeah. like this is... <laughs> he always blames someone else. And him spinning in the pit lane, they came out and say, it's not Patrick's fault. We asked him to start in second gear instead of first gear, you know, and that caused extra wheels. And I go, he's supposedly one of the best drivers in the world, yeah? Can he not start without spinning the wheels and spinning the car? Like... <laughs> You I know. think I think I think this this season is showing when the car isn't by far the best. The lack of pace Bottas has, and the one thing I the way I always describe Bottas is he is a driver, not a racer. Like he's just he can he can match Lewis within a tenth in quality. Yeah, fair play. But in the race, he needs like basically a slam dunk move to go for it. Like he is not going to set someone up. He's not going to sling it up the inside. One of my mates put it beautifully. He said. In the Monaco Grand Prix, where he stood, started next to Max because Charles uh, had to basically not start. And he said, if Bottas doesn't come out of this first corner in first or with Max and him in the wall, he needs to get shot. And I could, I could not agree more. It was like, you've just got to send it there. Max is fighting for a title. People let you by. He's not going to pack it. Like, and he just, just yeah, just bottled exactly it. Exactly right. I honestly think Toto has put him through a castration process over this last few years. <laughs> And he has lost his testicles because <laughs> he, he honestly doesn't have that instinct anymore. The one that we expect Lewis to do. And Lewis, last week, fair play to him. Him and Max were wheel to wheel going into the first corner. And then Max pulls away. The week before, Lewis wheel to wheel with Max. And then Max pulls away. But at least he's trying. He's doing everything he can with what Mercedes are giving him. And I don't think it's fair to say that Bottas has ever done everything he can in order yeah. to go ahead and win races. He's got lucky in his won races, but he's in the best fucking car. He should be winning races every other week i'm sure there's a but yeah, there's, there's, did, you say, did you just say that max and bottas has won similar amount of races since bottas has oh, been um max must be yeah. actually max, max, max has definitely overtaken him now um but i think there's something that's, to the whole I, I wouldn't go as far as saying that toto's castrated valtteri <laughs> but when you when you look back to 2017 when he just moved there he won i think his fourth race um in a mercedes up until the midway point of the season, it was genuinely being talked about as a three-way fight for the championship between Lewis, Valtteri and Vettel. Because I remember, um, I think it was in Hungary when Lewis asked the team to let him pass yeah. Valtteri. And there was a huge talk at the time about like um, 
if Altrui moves out of the way, this is this is Mercedes back in Hamilton and not Bottas because he was still at the midway point of the season considered a genuine contender. And ever since then, I mean, the next season, 2018, he didn't win a race. Hamilton <laughs> won 10 or 11 races. He didn't win any. And then you get to 2019, you get to 2020, he has two or three good races a year where he's either on par with Hamilton or, or in the case of Russia, is usually quite untouchable. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've uh, just looked it up, lads, so that we definitely, you know, so that TikTok doesn't rip us apart. Uh, Valtteri Bottas has won nine Formula One races in his entire career. Max Verstappen, 13. Yeah. Nine races in a car that is apparently, if you're not a Lewis Hamilton fan anyway, that is apparently so much better than every other car that a fucking idiot could win these races. Valtteri Bottas has managed nine in five seasons. Yeah, that's dreadful. <laughs> yeah, it, it, ain't, it ain't a great stat when you go and Max Verstappen's won 13 races and arguably up until this year, his car's been second or third best, you know? Yeah. Um, I just think unreal. Going back to Spain in 2016, Max's debut for Red Bull coming through and winning the thing. Again, I know Rosberg and Hamilton crashed yeah, into yeah. each other out, but he's still beating the Ferraris, the McLarens and everybody else. Um, yeah. I was, we, I was, we was we'll, we'll the bashing, I think, later on. Um, <laughs> we could literally be here all night, I think. Um, so we'll, last, move yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, because we all want to watch Ukraine beat England at eight. So um, let's move on to, um, we'll go to the Ferrari-McLaren battle. This is the battle for third. Another really good one. I really enjoyed this one. Um, and I mean, you look at the Ferraris at Monaco and Baku, you're like, well, what's going on here? Like, what, where have they come from? Um, and obviously the low speed corners, everything helps them a lot. Street circuit, they were really good. Carlos Sainz has really settled into the team. Um, Leclerc is Leclerc. We know how good he is. Um, McLaren, Lando Norris is just—he uh, needs to get drugs tested. Like he is on a different level. Uh, <laughs> Ricardo is, as I said, we all love D-Rick, but I have no idea what's going on there. Um, he's the reason I think McLaren haven't pulled away from Ferrari. I think that's why it's so close because I think the McLaren package all round is better than Ferrari. Certain tracks suit the Ferrari were better, but Ferrari for me have the better driver lineup. As, a, as an accommodation, uh, I think McLaren has a better car, and Lando's just taken like Austria. He just loves it. I don't know what he likes about Austria, but we saw qualifying today, obviously, and he's put the car at second. He could have even got pole. He was. Did you guys see the stat where he was leading up until turn nine? I think turn ten, he lost. He lost a tenth to Max. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, Daniel, what's your take on this Ferrari and McLaren battle? So again, go all the way back to Spain, and then we had Monaco, Baku, France, and Austria. I think it says a lot about the current state of F1 in the fact that you have so many teams who are, like, that midfield is very tightly packed, and even the gap to the front two isn't as high as it's been in previous years. I think in Q1, you had something like one second separating the top 16 cars, which, if you go back to 2017-2018, one second was covering the first three or four on a good day. Um, So... The fact that, yeah, there are races where uh, Ferrari have somehow managed to stick it on pole, and then the next weekend they've maybe only been a couple of tens slower around the lap relative to McLaren. But because the field is so bunched up, that gap is just exasperated, which is why you've got um, today both of them getting knocked out in Q2. 
I think they're what, lining up 11th and 12th tomorrow. I don't know if Seb's got a penalty yet for blocking Alonso. Uh, yeah, the uh, he doesn't. Yeah, um, Seb um, was eighth, I think, so he goes 11th. So I think Charles will start 10th. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the Ferrari guys were happy with that. They literally said, like, yeah. it was, was a softer question. It's like, no, we would just want to go mediums. And if we finish 11th, so be it. Like, we don't want to jeopardize the race. And I think that's based off last week. And was, I don't think that because last week, those Ferraris were coming through the field at a rate of knots. And I think they could have, they could have finished fifth, sixth, seventh, I think. Um, but they had to do so much work because of what happened. Um, that I think they still did. Did they not? Did, did they end up coming? I, I can't remember. Six or seven? Yeah, they were there they about. I think they really backed themselves on this track. I don't know how the softer tyre helps them but or not. But I think they are... This week is going to be really interesting with the McLaren Ferrari battle. Um, I want to ask you quickly, Matt, on Danny Ricciardo. What's going on with you, Rick, mate? What is going on? I think for me, I've um, all year I've been I've been sticking by him this season. I was so excited to see him finally leaving Renault. What the fuck was he doing at Renault? Yeah, <laughs> like he's leaving Red Bull, and you're going cool. Potential, always an outside chance of a championship. To Renault, mate, you're going to be looking to get fourth. Um, you know, like what's going on there to see him finally get over to McLaren, which was rumored that that's why he left Red Bull. He was always going to try and go to McLaren. It didn't happen. He went to Renault was thinking this is a recipe for success. I actually thought he was going to be the teacher and, and Lando, the, the pupil um, in this setup here. Um, I'm kind of sick of now saying he'll come good. Don't worry. I, I've lost faith a little. I'm going to be honest. I think um He's been a driver who always excited me at Red Bull, loved watching him coming through and becoming somebody that everybody just believed. Even if he's, you know, two, three car lengths behind going into a corner, he's definitely going to come out this corner in the lead. It was always exciting to see. And now I'm like, he's had time. And I have to, I don't want to waste too much of the uh, stuff we're going to talk about later on. But, um, you know, you have to keep throwing back. George Russell jumped into a Mercedes without any form of prep whatsoever. And if he wasn't, deliberately fucked over by his fucking team and trying to damage control Bottas and his reputation, George Russell would have pissed that race and we wouldn't be talking about how great Perez was that day. We'd be saying how great George Russell was. Um, he jumped into a, the fastest car. The difference between a Williams and a Mercedes, absolutely huge. I know they make the same engines, but that car don't perform the same. Mm-hmm. So to be coming into the ninth race weekend and Ricardo is still not making it into Q3 in the McLaren, I just think, um, yeah, I, I think this is now down to driver skill, not down to um, not down to getting used to the car. That yeah. being said, I don't know if you boys have heard, apparently Carlos Sainz had a little bit of an attitude when he left McLaren to Danny Rick to sort of say, good luck with that fucking chassis. And supposedly the McLaren is just so different to a lot of the other cars that, um, yeah, it's really, really tricky to, um, so unique, I guess, that it's tricky to get your head around. Um, I'm just disappointed, man. I genuinely feel, I feel as gutted about the Danny Rick situation as I did about George Russell retiring in the last race last week and thinking, fuck, he could have had a point to finish, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, Danny, quickly, Ferrari, McLaren, end of season, who's going to show on top? Uh, I guess following on what we've been saying, I think Lando comes out on top of four drivers, and I think Ferrari come out on top in the constructors. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just got back and directed yeah, exactly together as well, I guess. Um, we're going to move on to the, lower, uh, the teams. Uh, I got slated for saying this last thing, calling the lower teams. 
the, the next team's on the list. Um, so we'll just talk quickly about Alpha Tauri, um, Alpine, and Aston Martin as the next trio um, of teams. Um, have I missed anyone out there? I think they're the next trio, and then there's like two worst ones. Um, so we'll go with those three quickly. Um, uh, I mean, there's not much to say. Aston Martin have kind of had shown spells where Stroll and Seb, I mean, Seb had a great race in Baku, helped by Max's tire blowout, and obviously then Lewis going straight on, and a lot happened, but Seb was quick that day. Like, it felt like old Seb for me, and he, he was making moves, he was, uh, he wasn't taking any shit, he was actually hunting down um, Perez as well towards the end. I think that is the only highlight of Seb I can think of for the past three years, maybe. Um, where he's not really, I mean, he struggled at the end with Ferrari. Um, Aston Martin life has started has not been great. And yeah, Aston Martin in general, like all I just hear from them, they're just crying about the low rate. Well, shouldn't have copied the Mercedes then last year. Like, honestly, like, what are you crying about? Um, Alpine, I'm just going to go quickly mine. I will just like see our own. So but Alpine for me, Auckland gets, starts off Alonso. By the way, if you didn't know Matt, I'm a massive Alonso fan. Loved him because I loved him from 2002 onwards. Um, Fernando's come back. I was really excited. He was absolute dog shit for the first few years, for the first few races. And now we're st- we've seen that bit of Nando magic is coming back. And I mean, he's, I think he's put it into Q3 the last few races. He would have put it today as well. Then Seb decided to block him. Um, and he's just been mighty quick in that car. And Ocon just got his, he's like, a, he's like a footballer that goes to like get his contract and then just doesn't care. Like he got his contract and he's been dog shit. Like honestly, dreadful. Out in uh, Q1 last week. Yeah. Crazy. So, for me, I think with Alpine, I'm not really sure what's going on. And with Alpha Tauri, I mean, I think Yuki Tsunoda is a bell end. That's what I've worked out from this whole thing. Like, he's like, everyone likes him. Oh, Yuki's like, he likes to be a cute guy. And then, like, he had a good first race. And since then, he's just been very disappointing. He's wrecked a lot of cars. He's screamed at his engineer every two minutes. Um, yeah, I'm just not a fan. Gasly is performing so well in that car. I think he's taking it to his limit and he's the one consistently fighting the Ferraris and McLaren and putting in great performances. So that's my little quick one minute review of all three teams. Daniel, on you go, quick fire. Yeah, I don't want to repeat too much what we'll no doubt come on to when we're talking about the drivers, but I will say what the fuck were Alpine doing giving Ogon a three-year contract? Like this isn't <laughs> football where you hand out four or five-year deals and they leave on a transfer two years later. Like, the only people I can think of who are on longer contracts than Ocon are Leclerc, who got a five-year deal, I think, which is fair Understandable. Maybe Lando, which, again, like you can understand why they would do it. Three years in Formula One is a lifetime. And when you've got... like I cannot understand for the life of me why they've done it. Because you've got Pierre Gasly, who's pretty much a free agent, is crying out for a move to somewhere that's the next step up from AlphaTauri. And there aren't that many seats left on the grid. Um, I mean, I saw Gasly was saying last week that he's been in touch with, I think he said, one or two teams about next year. I'm like, where are you going to go? Because you're not going to go to Mercedes. You're probably not going to go to Red Bull. McLaren and Ferrari are locked up. Alpine are now bizarrely locked up. Uh, you're not going to go to Aston Martin unless uh, Lawrence decides to sack his own son. And that leaves Alfa Romeo, Haas and Williams, which is a step back from Alfa Tori. So, yeah, I think it's a shame. I, I don't really understand 
the motivation for signing a book on for so long. And I, they're definitely regretting it now. Surely they're regretting <laughs> it now. I mean, I, just quickly before Matt, uh, as you say, Daniel, you were so critical of Boy Alonso whipping out stuff like, oh, he's getting whipped by Ocon. He's getting, he's, why is he here at 39? He's not got it anymore. Would you like to uh, apologize formally now or uh, in a last <laughs> <recording? laughs> Um <laughs> let's, let's leave this conversation for the driver rankings and we'll come back to it. I have stats. Stats receipts. You have stats. I'm, 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 I'm backing out here. <laughs> if you're wrong, just keep going down the hole. You'll get right eventually. Um, uh, Matt, yeah, quickly, your review on those three teams, just briefly, what you've seen, what you like, what you've not liked. I understand them signing in Ocon. Um, he is a young French driver with talent driving for a French team. Unfortunately, in our uh, sport that we all love, uh, money does a lot of talking, and that's what people like to see. They like to see uh, the guy of the same nation competing for his nation's team and coming out and doing bits. Now, since he signed his contract, he hasn't been great. Gasly. Yeah. Listen, Gasly's definitely French uh, and can definitely <laughs> do better. Why Gasly would take a step down to go to a team like Alpine, and I say Alpine because I'm from Yorkshire, um, <laughs> Uh, Alpha Tauri will finish above Aston Martin and above uh, Alpine this year. Um, they are a better, uh, it's a better car, it's a better team. If Red Bull is the better car, then the Alpha Tauri is going to be the better midfield car, you would think. Um, the mini Mercedes ain't going to be, you know, if the Mercedes is one off from the Red Bull, logic would say the mini Mercedes is going to be one off from the mini Red Bull. Um, and I, just again to contradict something you said before, I still have faith in Yuki Tsunoda. I think he was amazing in uh, Formula 2. I think he has shown glimpses of wild, almost Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen capabilities, but maybe only 10% of the time and 90% of the time he's being a stupid little kid and he needs to grow the fuck up and learn what he's doing. But I think Yuki Tsunoda is going to come good. Um, I think he has got that driver instinct to, I don't give a fuck. If you remember Max, when he first burst onto the scene, okay, he did it in a better car maybe and got some race wins under his belt. Max didn't give a shit about crashing into somebody on a corner. Oh, he didn't oh, give a yeah. about fucking people over. And he kind of came up and built this reputation that said, I tell you what, I'm going to stay well clear of Max Verstappen because he'll just crash into me and ruin my race. And that really has helped Max's, now Max has matured and, and he almost has the best of both worlds. I think Sonoda's going to have a little bit of that where people just think, this guy's a psycho. He's going to do whatever he needs to do to get ahead. And the fact is, he is still putting his car into Q3. We're seeing he has had a couple of points finishes this year. Um, he's been, Sonoda has had um, in some ways some better results than uh, the guys at Alpine and the guys at uh, Aston Martin when you take them as a pair. Gasly and Sonoda is a better pairing than Vettel and Stroll, and it's a better pairing than uh, Ocon and Alonso, in my opinion. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, one, one thing I would say, um, obviously, um, Honda are expected to leave the sport, and they are leaving the sport, I think it's, it's different. Do you think, end, yeah. Yeah. Do you think with that, I think Yuki's seat is under threat because a lot of people, a lot of people have talked about he's there because of the Japanese connection with Honda and all this. I mean, I don't really know what's there for the Red Bull driver program. I don't really follow F2 that closely. I don't know if there's anyone really knocking on the door, but Alex Albon has been linked to come back into the Alpha Tauri and all this kind of stuff. Do you think Yuki could, if he continues on this trend, obviously he could improve. He's maturing. He's got the whole season. But if he yeah. still continues, as you said, 10% is decent, 90% is stupid, you think they'll go, let's go Albon back into the car 
I don't see what's benefit of that because they've already chucked him from the main team. But is there is I there a situation think, uh, you think that could happen? No, I think unfortunately, um, not unfortunately, actually, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say I like this about Formula One. Uh, there's only 20 seats that are available. None of those seats should be wasted. And right now we're wasting seats on wankers like Marzipan. Why the fuck is in Formula <laughs> One? We'll get onto this, I know. Um, so unfortunately, I really like Albon as a, as a lad, as a kid, as a personality. I just really wanted him to do well. He's proven for me he has not got what it takes to be a Formula One driver. So what's the point in putting him in a shitter car? Because he's not going to make his way back up there. So fuck him off. I think you've got to write him off. However, Hulkenberg has proven he definitely has what it takes. Why the fuck he ain't got a seat? I don't know. Hulkenberg needs to come back into Formula One. I think um, I'm really going to piss uh, I think Albon's got more podiums than Hulkenberg, mate. Sure. In a, red, <laughs> in a potential championship winning car. But I yeah, believe no, I'm, I'm the, right I'm the saying, advocate here. <laughs> but I think I'm right in saying that Hulkenberg maybe even scored more points last year than Albon, even though he only raced two or three times or something like. Is that just a ridiculous okay. thing I'm saying? And I, I need to check that up. But um, he scored Hulkenberg points. Hulkenberg does, even got does have more pull positions. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Shit cars. So for me, I just think, you know what, um, with somebody like Yuki Tsunoda, he hasn't had his chance blown it, so now kick him out yet. He needs a little bit of time. I think with all the rookies, you've got to give them a bit of time, except for Marzispan, to give them some, you know, opportunity, a couple years to come good. And if they don't come good, then you move them to one side. But um yeah, I think Yuki needs to be given uh, given a chance, like Ocon is, like Lando is, like others are. Give him a couple of years to uh, earn the stripes. Well, let's, yeah, let's I do. I do think I, I do oh, think yeah. that Yuki got in on merit as well. I think there was a lot of talk yeah. midway through last year when Honda said they were pulling out. Is this going to affect Yuki's future? Um, but his performances in F2 last year were outstanding, especially right. for one of the youngest drivers on the F2 grid last year. Um, he finished, I think, third in the championship, put in some brilliant yeah. performances. So I do think he's in on merit. This isn't just a, a connection or a sponsorship issue. Well, let's, uh, let's move on. I need to, uh, because we've chatted for a while now, and I think we'll cover the lower, the, the teams that are left, we'll cover the drivers when we do driver rankings. So let's move on to driver rankings. Um, just before we do, Matt, if England win, they're playing Denmark, they've just won. Um, so, um, driver rankings, we're going to go for, we go from 20th to 1st, draft order, we pick our guys, um, and we discuss a bit um, from worst to best. Uh, we're going to make it quick fire because there's a lot of things I think we'll agree on. There'll be some that'll be a bit questionable. Um, so, I'll go first. Um, Daniel, you can have second. Matt, you can have a third, and then I'll come back to me. So, I'll just start off quickly. I think this will be really quick fire. Matt spins last. I mean, there's no, there's no two years about it. The guys, I mean, he's a bell end, he's shit, he's only there for his dad's money, the car's shit. There's just no point in being in the sport, and he is by far the worst driver in F1. Any, anything to disagree with that? <laughs> Can I just say worst driver of all time? <laughs> um, Daniel, you know more about F1 than me, so is there a driver you can think of that's worse than Mazepin in history? I think he's gone. That had a permanent seat, we have yeah, to say. I think, that, I think Daniel's frozen, he's, he's out of here. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'll go to you then <laughs> before Daniel is, comes back. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, next up for me, and he has to be the second worst driver of all time. Um, now, what do they call him? Um, Le Hoofy? Oh, Latifi. 
He is a forgettable bastard. He has to be ranked 19th. I don't know why he's in Formula One either, because unlike Mazepan, he doesn't even have the uh, multi-billionaire dad who's funding the team. So um, he has to be 19th. Yep, Latifi definitely. Daniel's back. Daniel, we've had Mazepin's off, Latifi's off the board. Um, I, I, a question I asked you before you try it, is there, a, is there a driver you can think of that is worse than Mazepan in the history of the sport who had a permanent seat? Who was the guy who drove for Super Aguri in 2006? The Japanese guy. Yuji um, Ito? No, Sato's teammate, Super Guri. Let me Google this. Um, he was really, he, he, I think the FIA gave him an ultimatum after four races when he punched somebody <laughs> off at him. Um, yeah, UJ EJ. They basically gave him an ultimatum and they were like, look, he's not good enough. Um, I mean, the thing, you, the thing you can say about Mazepin is he does have a super license, <laughs> which before that criteria wasn't in the sport. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mazepin, I looked up his qualifying stats. He's only been within half a second of Schumacher twice. Like, yeah, it's a difficult car, but he's, he's clearly not good enough. Yeah. Um, and arguably the same with Latifi. I mean, he's got a very good teammate, no doubting George Russell's quality. But it's not just the fact that he isn't beating George Russell. In a lot of races, he isn't even beating the Haases. Scrapping with Mick Schumacher at the back, not good enough. Well, um, other, mate, we've had what's 18th for you? Third worst driver. All right. In equal cars. So this is in equal cars, based on 2021 performances. Yeah. Well, oh, and it. I wanted to ask actually, do we have to base this on 2021 performances, no, no, or no, can it, we it, bring it, in? It's based on if they were all in equal cars this season right now, where would they rank, if that makes sense? Fine. I'm still happy right. with my order then. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm saying this because this is maybe a controversial choice for 18th place. Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> 2007 world champion, Kimi Raikkonen. Oh, what is going on here? I I I I love Kimmy. I like him as a person, but he's forty-one, and I, I I think it's beginning to show. Um, he's been knocked out in Q1 five times. He's been outqualified by Antonio Giovinazzi, who I will say I think is a bit of an underrated driver at the moment. But he's been outqualified seven-two by Giovinazzi. His race pace is a bit better. He's definitely quicker on Sundays than he is on Saturdays, but. To be honest, like when you see him driving around in 15th and 16th place, I think it's probably time to go. Um, I don't think he's getting the best out of the car. So, yeah, I mean, this is based on 2021 performances and trying not to be influenced by all of those amazing performances he has for McLaren in the early noughties and for Lotus 10 years ago. This is purely based on the last six months, maybe a year and a half. But yeah, Kimi Raikkonen, 18, I love, I love. changed my mind. Fernando and Kimi were the two that I grew up watching because that's when they were starting up when I loved, I watched F1. Kimi's was the first poster I had, like his, you know, his like McLaren with the Kimi on the right on the side and love him. Incredible driver up until 2013. Even like a bit of the Ferrari with Vettel, but he's done. He's passed. I mean, I had him 16th. I didn't have him 18th, but... Where about did you have him, Matt? I put him a lot higher. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> what I would say is I was sort of going off 
all uh, all drivers ability equal car full stop so rather than 2021 form yeah um but yeah no i had him in the top 10 oh fair fair enough um well it's back to me and i'm gonna go for oh <laughs> after our chat earlier i mean i've got yuki Sonoda here i just don't i just don't think the guy's got it i think he's not got it at all i think he's got a bit of he's got a bit of kamui gobayashi about him but not I don't know, just not as good as Kamui. He was, he had something about him that I like, but I just, there's nothing about Yuki I like. He's a bellend on the radio. He's just, yeah, just don't like him. He's, he's, he was 18th for me, so he's gone 17th in our ranking. But yeah. wow, he, any any takes on that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think well put it. I'm, I'm, I think it's brutal personally. I think um, <laughs> he's getting points finishes. Um, he's uh, getting into Q3. And it's his rookie year. And let's just say there's only two of the rookies on the grid and they've been beyond shit all year. I looked at this way in the fact that him and Mick were in F2 together. Mick won. He did an equal cars, you know? So he asked me below Mick for me for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah. Well, yeah. On you go, Matt. Unless you... Oh, sorry, Daniel. No, I was just going to say, I mean, when you're doing like comparisons, you can only compare somebody to their teammate. It doesn't help yeah. that he's up against Gasly, but he has been decisively slower than Gasly. And he has made a lot of rookie errors, but I think there are flashes of brilliance. I personally had him in 15th. Um, okay. I don't and think I, he's just up so I'm not being crazy. I had him in 13th, so it's not completely yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But I think you made a point of saying he's made a lot of rookie errors, and I'd just say again, he's a rookie. He is yeah, a rookie. True, true, true. true. Um, uh, well, Matt, on you go, mate. So the next worst on your list now, who'll go 16th? I don't need the next worst. Um, he's in 17th place on my list. Uh, oh, actually, oh, I see. Because I had somebody in 18th that hadn't been mentioned yet. So it's whether yeah, I want to so you go. You go for him. You go for, you go for the worst person left on your list. Okay, fine, because I would still like my 17th to be low. And I think one of you motherfuckers <laughs> are going to put him high. And we'll talk about that. But go on, then I'll stick to your rules. Uh, he was 18th for me. I'm going in 17. Giovinazzi, get the fuck out of oh, Formula 1. Uh, oh. I don't know how to yeah, no. I'm, I'm a slight I'm Gio fan. <laughs> I like you. I like his hair. And that's it. <laughs> He's not. Uh, I think he's heavily underrated. I mean, I may have overrated him slightly. I put him 13, which is a bit questionable. But I mean, he's comprehensive beat some chippy this year. He's putting the car, the car is shit, and he's putting it into Q2. He's had some really good races. I don't know. I like him. I like just him. Tell, just look him in the eye and tell me, because <laughs> the only point of driving for Alfa Romeo is if they're then going to go and drive for Ferrari. You look him in the eye and tell me you think he could be a Ferrari driver. You reckon Kimmy has a second chance? Uh, no, Kimmy's on his way out. So Kimmy's, Kimmy's just down there. Bit of sponsorship money, exactly for Alfa Romeo. They're going to earn money off the fact they've got Kimmy Raikkonen. Then he'll retire and off into the dust. Jeremy, that's he's young. The point is he's supposed to be building into yeah. a potential champion. And he ain't. He might. Uh, he's, he, to be honest, he's not, he's not even that young. He turns 28 this year. Oh shit! I, I don't know why I had in my head he was like 24. <laughs> yeah, no, he's born in 1993. Um, oh, I think he's he, he gets a lot of flack because when he first came into the sport, he was very erratic. He was quite slow. I expected him to get dropped after a season or two, but they've stuck with him, and I think he 
has really grown as a driver. I think his, his one lap pace is really quick. Um, he doesn't really replicate it as much on the Sunday, but I think there have been big improvements in his performance. And I think if Kimi calls it a day at the end of the season and they want to put either um, a Mick Schumacher or a Callum Islet in the second Alfa Romeo, yeah, I think they would probably quite like to have Giovinazzi there as a benchmark. Yeah. Well, can I just say to your point there, because you've mentioned his name and opened the door now, Callum Ilo would be a better uh, driver to be driving instead of Giovinazzi. Um, it, it, he should be taking that seat. I think Gio's like, dude, you've been around a few years now. You've done fuck all. Fuck off. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> enough. Um, well, like I told go... you at the start, lads, I have yeah. the worst takes in Formula One. Yeah. yeah mate, I mean, that's fine. That's what I call We're we'll going. So, I think it's Daniel, you know. Gio's gone at 16. I, I, I think I'm in the same position as Matt here because I think my. The, the choice I have after this, I think, would be quite a controversial one. Um, <laughs> but as it is, I'm going for my 17th place driver, which is Mick Schumacher. Um, really difficult to assess because he's in a dog of a car. Again, you can only compare him against his teammate where he has done really well. He hasn't been out-qualified by Mazepin yet. But the same we were talking about Sonoda. Yes, he's a rookie. Yes, he's making a lot of rookie mistakes. Um, and also the thing about Schumacher is even in F2, he, his first season was average. His second season, he came alive. So he isn't somebody that takes to the sport like a duck to water. I think he will get better as a driver. Um, but if we're basing it just on current form, 2021, yeah, 17th. Not bad, but could be better. It's, it's around where I had him as well. I think yeah, you can't really judge him, but it's not really showing anything to make him... Like, it's not like you blew F2 out of the water, you know, that you can put him higher, that he's throwing something. So, yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, as it, and, it comes, and just to say, I only had him one higher. I, I did have yeah. one driver still lower, but uh, but I think it's fair. Yeah, so I'm going to go next. And Is it me? Yeah, it's me. I'm going to go Seb. Sebastian Vettel is 15-3. Um, I've gone... Yeah, I, honestly, I'm not feeling it. Seb's done. He, we all love him. We love the nostalgia. Sebastian Vettel up to 2013 was untouchable, incredible. One of the best drivers we've seen. He won in a Toro Rosso. The man's a legend. But holy Christ, this guy, like 20, last season in that Ferrari, he was, to say he was dog shit is an understatement. And then this year, I mean, I know he's had, he had Baku, but if you take Baku out of it, what's he done? Well, the overcut and. Yeah, Monaco, Monaco. And the overcut of the Paul ah. Ricard when he came in fifth, didn't he? Fifth in nah, I'm not doing it. Amazing he, he went from like twelfth or thirteenth to fifth. Nah, I, I mean the controversial. Maybe I'm just in not, Monaco. <laughs> 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 Who does that? Daniel, you've got to start. What's uh, him and Stroll? What's the what's the breakdown? I feel like he's been outperformed by Stroll, but I might be wrong. Um, in qualifying, it's five four to Seb, I think, including today taking the penalty out of it. Um, I actually, I had him, I put him and Stroll together because I couldn't really separate them. I have them as I, well. I have them next to each other. Yeah. Way around. I, um, I mean, I, I, I gave the edge to Seb because I think he has those two performances in Monaco and Baku, which were just absolutely outstanding. And he was really like rolling back the years. If 
Yeah, he really struggled at the start of the year. If we were doing a driver ranking after four rounds, I would probably agree. But I think he's he's really grown into the car over the last few few races. And, you know, today he qualified eight, which is where I put him in my list. You put him eight? Gee, where did you put him? I've put him 11th, which I was ready to back and justify why he couldn't be any lower, but maybe couldn't be higher. But let me tell you this, because I think from our previous chats, there's no fucking way that we can be putting Vettel higher than Ocon. Uh, I, well, we'll get to him. We'll get to Ocon. We'll get to Ocon. Oh, I mean, sorry. Lower than Ocon. I mean, Ocon it's, should be down it's, here. It's you next, right? So I'm guessing you're going for Ocon here. Ocon. Damn right I am. But I can't believe Vettel's so low. Vettel has put that fucking car run by that evil family in second place in Baku. He's done so. <laughs> you know, a great overcut in France. Uh, to put it way up into the points positions from way down in Q2. I just think um, he's done bits, whereas Ocon has been decidedly uninspiring. Mm. Well, I mean, Daniel, I think on Ocon, because you were the one who was championing him at the start of the year. I was. Um, if you go back to, fuck, what was round five? Was that Monaco? After, after, after five rounds, he had out-qualified Alonso four to one. And he'd beaten him in the race uh, 4-0 to because Alonso yeah. retired in Bahrain, obviously. So this was right about the point where I was like, Ocon is spanking Alonso and Alonso shouldn't have come back. And then they went and gave him a new contract for three <laughs> years. And he's, he's on the beach. He's given up. He's like, I'll see you guys in 2024. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm done. I um, have a- that are um, Ocon, Ocon, Lance, and Seb. I moved them about so much. I had them all in it, and I know Seb maybe a bit higher, but not. I think it's just I, I was so disappointed by Seb and Ferrari last year that it may have played into my decision slightly. Um, but I agree with Ocon. I think he's just he's on he's on holiday. He's not really shown much, and maybe he should have been a bit lower. But he's gone thirteenth in our rankings, um, which is probably a bit generous for him. Um, Daniel, up to you, the twelfth on our rankings. Or ninth so, worst, you want to look at it. <laughs> um, this is much higher than I had him, arguably higher than he deserves to be. It's Valtteri Bottas. Woohoo! Okay. He is currently fifth in a four horse race, right? <laughs> Which says it all pretty much. Look at his performances in Imola, look at his performances in Baku. They were embarrassing. I mean, I know people are saying in Baku he had issues with the car or the floor or something but it, it, it like it was shocking um the fact that him max and lewis all failed to score points in that race max because the tire blew lewis because he had a freak incident with the, the magic button Valtteri was just nowhere despite the fact these cars were dropping out ahead of him like it was a shocking performance the worst um, I've seen. I mean, he lost like four positions in three corners um yeah the, after the max um, red flag, um, no, actually, it's it's it, it's the only race that he's beaten Lewis is Baku, and that was like <laughs> freak circumstances, as we touched upon earlier. Um, Russell crashing into him and Ebola like saved him a world of embarrassment. His qualifying pace has been okay, but on Sundays, no, he's he's poor. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's move on. We're going to, we'll we'll go quick fire through the next few because I want to get to the top six seven because that's the most interesting one to go. Right. Pick your one. 20 seconds chat. We move on. Um, so on you. Oh, it's me. I'm going to go Lance Stroll. There's not much to say about the big Stroll here. 
Um, I'm surprised he's gone this high, to be honest. Um, Me too. To be fair to him, like, Lance, I think, gets a lot of stick because of the way he's coming to the sport, which is understandable. Daddy Stroll paid for his seat. Perez gets chucked. Yeah, fair enough. He's got something about himself in the wet. And I always judge the driver how well they do in the wet because that is like the ultimate test of F1. And he does, he does perform in the wet. Okay, he does also put up some sticky performances and his start in F1 was questionable because he did an F like six times out of the first seven races. But I think 11th is generous. Island 14th, Matt, where'd you have him? Um, I actually, um, I had him 15th. Mm. Daniel? Yeah. 9th. Oh! <laughs> I feel like him and Seb are almost outperforming the car, and I think the fact that him and Seb are, I, I can't really separate them, as I was saying with Seb. Um, I will say his overtake on Alonso last weekend, around the outside on lap one, was stunning, if you've seen the onboard. It's a great move. Um, yeah, I think he, he only got a start in F1 because his dad bought the seat at Williams. Like, everybody knows that. But I, I think at the moment, he's on the grid on merit. Fair enough. I, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Matt, on to you, mate, next. We're in the top 10 now. This is where it's going to start here up a wee bit. So, 10th. I'm disappointed that he's this high, but fuck you, Jazz. It's Alonso. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You put you putting Vettel down there was a red flag to a bull. But listen, if you're putting Vettel down there, Alonso can only be here. That's the ceiling. He's done well to get into the top ten. Q three's a result in an Alpine anyway. That's all he's getting. <laughs> I mean, I had him six. That might be the fanboy in me, but I had him six. Correct. And I had him twelfth. So you know. <laughs> so he's he's gained a couple of places on where I'd like him to be. Um I think we've scored Kimi Raikkonen down based on, you know, maybe uh, what we're perceiving as skill and attitude at his age, whereas I'd say that that's more to do with the car and and circumstance and things there. Um, I was thinking more about all time. um, And I just think Alonso hasn't, while he's won championships, he's proven that Lewis fucking battered him and then he tantrumed about it at McLaren and had to leave. I think he's proven that he's just come in and coasted for a few years in Formula One when he when he was uh, at McLaren a few years ago. Um, uh, now, OK, he's starting to turn on the Alpine a little bit, but I think still it's nothing that's setting the world alight. You know, it's not like he's finished second place in a fucking Grand Prix like Vettel. Um, so, yeah, for me, he can only go 10th. Fair enough, fair enough. Daniel, would you I, have a I, ha- I had some 10th. Oh, nice. That's worked out, right? Fucking bad. <laughs> Um, in fact, we've worked out then the average, haven't we? If you were 10th, I was 12th, and did you say you yeah. had him 8th? 6th, mate. Six. Oh, good lord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let's move on. Let's keep it going, Daniel. Ninth. Um, it, it, it pains me to put him this low, because I genuinely I, I love this man. But, yeah, Danny Ricardo. Um, mm. Hard to really justify putting him too much higher especially when you look at his head-to-head against Lando actually at the start of the year in qualifying he performed quite well against Lando he was only losing out on race pace and now it seems to have slipped like his qualifying pace is nowhere um he's really struggling to get into Q3 at the moment uh whereas on Sundays I feel like he's, he's a bit faster so yeah I mean just it, it doesn't help that Lando is having the season of his life but no yeah i i can't really justify putting him much higher 
Yeah. As as Matt said earlier, we don't want to repeat like stuff we said earlier about Danny, but it's you're running out of like time to keep saying, Oh, give him time, give him time. At some point you're just gonna go McLaren might be a different car, whatever, yeah, but um you can't be getting beaten by a guy who's what third year in F one as comprehensively as you are. Um so yeah, I mean I had I had I moved Danny Rick so much. I had him tenth and I moved him all the way up to eighth, then I moved him down to twelfth, and I moved him back to I think I ended on uh tenth and he's gone ninth, so that's pretty much what I had him. Um, where, where where did you have him? Um, I actually I actually um, gave him a little grace in the end because like you boys, I moved him around a lot. In the end, I landed him seventh because mm. I don't think I think going into a corner, um, looking for that late breaking overtaking, I'd probably put him in the top three on the whole fucking yeah. grid in yeah. terms of that overtaking pace and that racing instinct. So for mm. me, that allowed me to bump him back up a few more places. So. Um, yeah, I, I had him a seventh, but I ain't arguing with ninth. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think I, I think I owe him, him an apology. To be honest, um, I had him thirteenth, just below Giovinazzi. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Below Giovinazzi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I had, uh, I had, I had below Giovinazzi. Oh. You know, I, 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 I think it I was watching him qualify 13th today, and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I think that recently bias is a big thing, I think. I was yeah. going to say, do you know how many uh, subscribers we just lost doing this episode here? Danny <laughs> Rick is being disrespected. Well, um, how, how many views have we just got on TikTok? That's, that's <laughs> the metric to be looking out for. Uh, so next on the list, uh, we've only got 90 minutes of Matt left, but I guess it's top five before Matt heads off. Um, I've got for this is really tough for me, but I ended up going for Sergio Perez here. So uh, it was really tough for me because I had like Science Gasly Perez in the same kind of bracket, and I didn't really know what way around I was going to put them. Um, I mean, he's got eight, which is, I mean, he, he he took time to get used to the car. He's in the best car. He should be, as we said about Bottas, right? We said Bottas, you've got to be finishing second if you're in the best car in the grid. Well, Sergio's not really finished second. <laughs> he won when everyone crashed. And that's really it. Um, so, look, he's 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 going into the car. Don't get me wrong. He's going into it. He's doing well. And he did last year in a force, uh, whatever it's called, Racing Point last year and stuff. He's but, he is third in the championship. He is third in the championship. And Land Norris is fourth in a much worse car. But you know, like if we're gonna look at it that way, um, I put him there just because I think in equal cars. I think what I've seen from Gasly, I driving that car. Science, what he's been doing, how he's developed into the Ferrari. I just had them. Like, I had a middle three after a top five, if that makes sense. And he was just, I just couldn't decide which way I wanted to go in those three. So I went, I went for Paris here. So he's gone eight on our list, which is, I mean, six to eight is where he would be, I think, uh, personally. Where did you have no. him? Matt? Where did you have Fourth. him? Fourth. I had him fourth in the top five. And I'll tell you for why. Uh, you want to talk about, well, Lando is fourth in the championship and his car's maybe third best. I mean, Perez finished last year fourth in the championship in that shitty sort of pink Mercedes car. And let's remember that he missed two races out of 17 because of COVID. Um, he can't do more in my mind to say this guy can fucking race. Um, and he doesn't just win the races. I know his, his two race wins have come from other people crashing. But I think um, he, he's just showing that absolutely he is unbelievable. I've only got three drivers who I could comfortably say are better than him on the grid. And Lando Norris is not one of them. Um, no, yeah, I really wish we weren't leaving at half seven. I want to top end then, Daniel. Yeah, thank you, mate. I want to see, I want to get as far as you can. I know it's, it's after me, it's you, Matt. Sorry, who's, who's your next worst? The seventh on our list. 
Ah, well, I'm I'm conflicted here because I've got two um, two guys who I had a lot lower, and by a lot lower, I mean tenth and ninth. So I'm going to go with the one I had in tenth place because uh, Perez is better than both these guys, but Carlos Sainz um, has to come in next. Don't tell me either of you boys have put Carlos Sainz in the top fucking five. What's he no, done? No, I had, he's gone seventh. I had him seventh. He's gone seventh. Five. Yeah, I had him seventh too, actually. Cool. And and <laughs> I had him. I actually had him tenth, so I had him three places lower. Um, but that's not to say I, I maybe overweighted some of the historic achievements of certain drivers. So I did have Kimi Raikkonen higher. Um, so yeah, I, I think maybe Sainz could have made it to ninth or even eighth on my list. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, th- I think uh, seventh is where he belongs. Fair and yeah, um, I think he's been very he's been very pre- impressive against Leclerc, which yeah. Um, like we all know that Leclerc is a very top driver and he's been a lot closer to him than I thought he would be. Yeah, so Daniel, you go right so sixth on the list for us. Sixth on the list. It's um it's George Russell who Oh have we said George yeah. yet? Have we said him? Lads, I'm gonna have to leave. Uh, see you later. Sixth place <laughs> driver that had one point finish in his career. No, I mean to be honest, he's gone for George. Are you fucking serious? I'm serious. Um, I think he's phenomenal over one lap. That he showed that again today. Um, he's one of only nine drivers on the grid to have always made it out of Q1 this season. Um, but like, give me one moment on a Sunday where George Russell has impressed you. One standout moment. He was doing I, unbelievable I, at Imola. He was doing unbelievable at the Styrian Grand Prix until the car DNF'd and broke down. But he was going to fucking come through and get maybe a ninth place, maybe an eighth. He was chasing Alonso down for eighth and seventh place. But above all of that, and you can't write this off, he jumped into a Mercedes yeah, and almost won the pissing race. <laughs> It was my highlight of the season last year. I think it was the best thing we saw in that whole 2020 season. George Russell coming from a Williams, having never scored a point, to potentially coming through and winning a Grand Prix. This is why you hate drive to survive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it wasn't in it. How have you got Lando Norris ahead of him, but in equal cars, George beat him in F2? Um, (laughs) Because I thought we were doing it based on, you know, like 2021 performances. Yeah, but that's just a reference point, right? It wasn't that far ago when George beat him comfortably. Jazz, just tell me this. Where did you put Russell in your list? I had him. I was trying between third or fourth, and I couldn't decide. I had him Where really did he go. I went fourth. I went for Charles at third. I went, I went, I went for Russell in third. Yeah. There's a reason, and it ain't a business reason, why George is linked with this Mercedes. It ain't just that Toto Wolff is his manager. and so Because Toto Wolff owns 5% of Aston Martin. George Russell is a fucking mad talent. If he'd have won that race in the Mercedes, the only person I can remember doing that is Verstappen in 2016 in Spain in the Red Bull. And now look a few years later, Verstappen's on course to possibly win a world championship. I think... Russell dicks all over Pierre Gasly, Lando Norris, and even Charlotte. It's me next, right? And how the hell have you got a guy who got chucked by Red Bull ahead of George Russell? So Pierre Gasly goes fifth. That's where I pick him. I know know Gasly's been great. Like, don't get me wrong. He's been phenomenal. His revival since getting chucked by Red Bull, coming second in Brazil, then having the season he's had 
uh, last year and then this year. Gasly is ninth place for me <laughs> and should not be any higher because what I was trying to say earlier about I had a Albon, I had a there you go. If Albon has proven what he's proven, I don't believe as much as I like him that Albon really deserves a seat back in Formula One. He's proven he can't hack it. And for me, Pierre Gasly has proven he cannot hack a top two team. So yeah. what's the fucking point? He he can't hack it. He's won races at Alpha Tauri. He's done a few bits. But if he can't take the pressure, yeah. he can't be higher than George Russell. Yeah. But right. Let's do it. Right, Matt, I can, hopefully we can get both two picks yours in before you have to go. So make this pick and we'll come around to you in a second as well. So what, who have you got? Top five. Uh, sorry, well, yes. it's gonna. It's then gonna. I actually did. I had him down in eighth place, even though I'm a big fan of his. I think he is a potential future world champion. Uh, Lando Norris is fifth for me. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's fifth for me. He went fourth in our list, so top four. Daniel, where'd you have him? Higher. <laughs> so did you just watch Paul fight today and go, "Yep, he's fine." <laughs> I was, I was like, honestly, I was doing it based on performances on 2021, and I was trying not to get too influenced by emotions. So I had him second because I think he has been the second best driver in 2021. He's putting Lewis. I thought I was the lowest on Lewis. I think in Look, okay, if we're doing it based on you know like. Overall, everything, who is the best driver? I would probably have him six, seven, eight. Correct. Eight. But his, perf- his, his, his performances in 2021, he hasn't put a foot wrong. Arguably, well, he has been more consistent and driving at a higher standard than Verstappen. Yeah, because he's in a McLaren. So you think he's <laughs> not going to win races. You think in equal cars, Lando Norris would come second this year? His performances in 2021. Sir Lewis Hamilton in equal time. You've got him, Jazz. His Bring performances in 2021. He has been quick. He's been consistent. Like he's, he's, he's pretty much coming fifth in every single race. Like, he's he's not, on the front row today. He is the only. Uh, he is the only driver. And he is the only driver on the grid who has scored points in every single race of the season. Nobody, I think, can sit here and say he's not talented, he's not great. Um, I think what we're uh, impugned about is second out of 20. But he's not second, he's fifth. He belongs yeah, there. Okay. In, 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 nah, in 2021, who has driven better than Lando Norris? Right? There's one obvious contender. Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, George Russell, Perez, Leclerc. <laughs> you, think you think Russell and Leclerc have driven better than Norris in this season? Uh, no, in this season, no. That would maybe be harsh. Yeah. I think um, I think Leclerc has a shout, though. Charles Leclerc has a worse car than the McLaren and has got two pole positions this year. Yeah. Well, one and a half. <laughs> uh, he lost it in the end, um, and we could talk about that for hours. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think both of those guys would uh, would have a shout over over him personally but well we're almost we're almost done so I don't know if you can have bring it home Daniel come on then go on take Sir Lewis here where are we at what number are we up to we are this is the third so this is the who is the next worst on your list which is Lewis Hamilton I assume third no we're we're at Uh, fourth we're at fourth yeah we still have four to go who did I miss Um, anyway carry on who's your next worst (laughs) All right, I'm going to say Pierre again Gasly. He hasn't been said yet, has he? No, I said Gasly. When did you say Gasly? Yeah, yeah, Gasly went fifth. 
and Lando went fourth, so we're third. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So there is only, to be clear to everybody listening, there is only Lewis Hamilton, Max <laughs> Verstappen, or Charles Leclerc. Yeah, really uh, right. um, like, worth it's sensible. Be sensible. All right. It's going to be Charles Leclerc. If we're having this conversation at the time, maybe we're having a different conversation. But yeah. Um, Agreed. Nah, Le- Le- Leclerc is still a wee bit rougher on the edges. He makes mistakes. Um, he's not had a perfect season. I think he's, you know, Sainz coming into the team has proved a good match for him. I don't think Sainz is better than Leclerc, but I think he's definitely pushing him a lot more than, definitely a lot more than Seb did last year. Um, so, yeah, I think the, I think the, two, the, two, the two pole positions he's had have been outstanding. Like, correct, yeah. In, in let's be honest, I know we maybe talked about some things earlier, but let's be honest about the Ferrari. It ain't even the third best car on the grid. It's fourth yeah. at best, you know. Yeah, it's track specific. It's all right, but it, overall, it's not. Yeah, I, I think one thing with Charles. Um, so I'm next, and I'm going to pick Lewis at second in equal cars this season. I think Max would beat him personally. This is a personal opinion, and um, and I think the difference between Leclerc with those two guys is I think they're just a bit more consistent. I think Charles will, on a given weekend, he'd blow both of them out of the water. But then over the course of a season, equal car, I think they would just edge him. I think they've just got the consistency. They've got the pace. And Lewis Hamilton, second best driver on the grid, thanks to me. <laughs> um, on you go, mate, Matt. Pick the first best driver on the grid is Max Verstappen. What do you have to say? Um, I think it's Hulkenberg, actually. I think um, I think he's better than Max. I think uh, he hasn't got a seat, but that's not his fault. Um, yeah, okay. I'm disappointed. I did have uh, I I had Lewis first, and I would just say that Lewis is seven-time world champion. He's beaten Max Verstappen in the last four or five years. I think the Red Bull have had opportunities, um, and I think that Lewis will beat Max Verstappen this year. I think Lewis awesome. will win his eighth championship. Yeah, he might be 19 points behind. Um, but let's be honest, one DNF from Max and a second place from Lewis and the neck and neck again. So he hasn't run away with this championship yet. I think that Lewis Hamilton, I don't think, I know Lewis Hamilton is a better driver pound for pound than Max Verstappen, regardless of car. Um, but uh, but equally, Max, nothing can be taken away from Max. And I think once Lewis steps out and retires, I think Max is the next to come on board. But one thing that came up in our podcast uh, last week um, some people are starting to say that Max has the potential to be one of the greatest drivers of all time. Somebody even went as far as saying he is one of the greatest of all time. And I'm saying he ain't even in the top six of all time. And if he ain't in the top six of all time, it, it, it can't be better than Lewis Hamilton. You can't, today. You can't so. judge the greatest of all time stuff. I think most people judge it off stats. And you, you can't say someone's the greatest when he's only been in the and he's only been in the sport for three, four years. He's not won a championship. Yeah, he's Ooh, got five, five, six years. Yeah, five. Yeah, 2016, David Rebel, Alfa Tauri at the start of that year. I mean, his yeah, age I right now, Lewis's age was when he joined pretty much, right? So he, Max, Max, Max Verstappen has taken part in more races than Damon Hill did in his entire career. Thanks uh, to the longer seasons, yeah. But wow, that's an amazing stat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I love the season. I think it's, I hope, I hope Red Bull don't run away with it. I want it to be close. Max or Lewis, whoever wins, I want to earn it. I don't want to walk away with it. Um, Me too. And we don't want it to be because of mechanical failures. Yeah. We want to see a strong so Mercedes and a strong Red Bull. I'm so exactly. happy that magic happened because I was so annoyed. Like, oh, 
He's just gained 25 points for nothing. Like, yeah. Um, so, quickly, boys. I mean, Matt's made a clear who's winning the championship. Daniel, for you, Max and Lewis, end of the season, who's winning? Or, um, by the sounds of it, for you, Lando Norris is in there as well. <laughs> um, I think we'll have a very good idea when we get to Spa and Monza to see if Mercedes are going to close the gap to Red Bull. So I think Lewis is a better driver overall than Max, although I think Max is having a phenomenal season. And one of the things that's impressed me about Max is that he's very, he looks very calm and very relaxed, which we're not used to seeing. Like he was always a very emotional driver answer. a few Don't years ago. Come on. I'm going to stick with my call from the start of the year, which is that Lewis is going to win, but Red Bull will win the championship. Fair enough. Well, actually, it's been an absolute pleasure doing this. Um, so, Matt, I'll give you 20 seconds to just plug any socials, your podcast, whatever, um, and, and then we'll call it there. Oh, boy. Honestly, boys, thanks so much for having us. You reached out in the blue and said, hey, come and have a debate and couldn't not come and debate uh, about the top drivers in the grid. Um, despite how wrong you both are about everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I th- yeah, thanks so much for having us. Um, yeah, we're called off circuit. If anyone wants to come through, I think we need to have you boys on. If you're ever down in London, we do a little watch along of the races, um, you know, and then go on and discuss it afterwards. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we could uh, arrange to have you boys along and uh, and hate on Lewis Hamilton a little by the sounds of I it. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring yeah. my Max Verstappen side with me. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, thank you very much. Daniel will be back. Um, we'll probably get you on again at some point, Matt. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, um, boys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Podcast. Thanks for listening.